This is episode number 172 of the Ruby on Rails podcast. I am uh, happy to be joined for a second time now by Nick Mango of both the Rails Rumble, which is this upcoming weekend, and uh, a new service called Swell, which is what we're going to, at least in part, talk about uh, today. Hey, Nick. Hey, Sean. What's going on? Oh, you know, doing pretty well. Uh, So before we get to Swell, which I want to cover in detail, how's the prep gone for the Rails Rumble? Good. I tell you what that uh, that poodle thing just happened, and it kind of threw off a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but we got it resolved. I think we have to check a couple other things. But that was like a like a last minute. You know, we got in a whole bunch of support questions last night. It was like I'm getting 500 error, and we're like, what in the world? And then it's like 11 o'clock at night, and we realized this whole thing happened. So we had to do some tweaking, but it, it's good now. Huh? I feel I feel dumb asking this, but what like what were the consequences for you guys given poodle? Like how did it screw up? Your world. OAuth, yeah. So OAuth was over SSL. So SSL, you know, it, you know the the third version three. So it got it, it basically broke OAuth. Any idea how you fixed it? Uh, Tom fixed it. Luckily, I don't have to even think about it. <laughs> Tom, that's the answer. Yeah, he's like he said. Tom's like, hey, Poodle just screwed up this uh, OAuth. I'm like, he's gonna screwing up all the OAuth because it's over SSL. I'm like, all right, let me know when it's fixed. I think I think Ruby defaults to using V3 and its its uh, standard libraries for SSL, so that's probably it. Yeah. So, well, but that's all that's all fixed now. Right. Yeah. That was that, that was just the exciting stuff. You know what I mean? Just the normal mundane stuff has has been going good. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I'm not sure when this is coming out, but we hit uh, we crossed 500 signups, so that's good. Um, so that's three years in a row. So we're happy about that, especially because of the switch. We weren't exactly sure what was going to happen, but we crossed 500, so that's great. Now, is that 500 teams or 500 people? Oh, 500 teams, yeah. So uh, who knows how many? I mean, I think the average is, you know, I want to say it's like high twos, like a two point something. You know what I mean? Like, it's. I think it almost matches like the average of babies, you know, per family. (laughs) It's something like 2.7 or something like that. Man, yeah. look, I had no idea that kind of exciting business was going on during the Rumble. Right. <laughs> so the, uh, it pretty, it's something like that. So two points, I mean, it could be as much as three. I mean, who even knows? I mean, now, you know what? It's really, I always thought that now that Heroku was there, it was going to be more solos. So who knows? Maybe that number drops a little bit. And you know what? And I think we're going to find out. I, I will, I'm going to, I'm going to dig into it and find out what two years ago with 2012 2013 and then this year i bet you it goes down huh yeah i think that that's possible it's, it's certainly like one less thing to worry about yeah yeah um now what about signups between now and when things go live in a couple days is there a lot of i would think there would be a lot of last minute ones yeah you know what happened last year well this year was a little bit different because you know it since it was a new um uh, you know, a new partnership with Heroku. We kind of left it open a little bit longer than we normally do, um, just to keep, you know, give people a chance to find out about it. Um, and also, you know, if they had questions or concerns, most of these people are new to the Rumble, so you know. Okay. So, so we're leaving it open till tonight, I think. Well, Eastern Standard Time, I think eight o'clock, something like that. But then, if somebody comes in like last minute, we can always we can always add it. We did that last year too. Like, I think we had like ten or so people come in afterwards. Hey, can I still get a spot? And we just we just threw them on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited yeah. for everyone. I don't know if you uh I don't 
uh, I'm not putting you on the spot or not attempting to here, but I don't know if you listened to my the, the last episode, but I, I competed in the Heroku, like the Salesforce-sponsored, uh, Heroku-sponsored hackathon last weekend by myself. Right, right, right. right. No, I, didn't, I, I didn't know that you competed in that. In fact, I was going to listen to that today. Via, but So that's what it was about. So that's interesting. The um, Now, that's this is the second year they're running that, right? It is. Yeah, it's the one that they had all sorts of controversy last year. Like, it ended up being a huge disaster. Uh, was it a huge disaster this year? No. Well, I don't think, I mean, I don't think so. It, the disaster last year was, so they, they, I think they made a pretty bad call in that they, um, they decided to award a single team with all the prize money. Mm. And since it's a corporate sponsored thing, they, they use the prize money to attract teams. Cause unlike the rumble where people do it for the fun of it, you know, doing a, a, a corporate related thing for the fun of it doesn't seem quite as right. Um, so anyways, they, they put a million dollars of prize money up last year oh. and, uh, awarded it to a single team and it ended up being there's tons of controversy about who won and uh kind of an uproar about it I, I don't remember the details exactly but it was something like like a former employee submitted an app that had largely been created in advance and sort of stuck to the letter of the rules but probably not the spirit hmm. and uh so the, to make a longer story short they ended up having to award two prizes to deal with the the fallout, did they split it or they award two million? No, two million. Oh my god! You know, I tell you what, those guys got tons of dough. So I would, I guess, I can understand. You know, and, and, ah, you know, well, I guess million on top of there. But um, just to uh, you know, quiet everybody down. But you know, I'll tell you what. One thing I will say though is that if the guy that won last year, the original winner, was a Salesforce employee, you got to figure he would be able to build the best like entry anyway because he knows the inner workings. so in reality i mean it seems like it's almost logical that a person that was really close with Salesforce would build the best one obviously yeah. you know there's a little weirdness there but you know you, you can't you, you know what i mean i think that's somebody that's never had anything to do with salesforce it would be pretty unbelievable if they built the best one yeah, yeah, I think it was the the combination of factors that caused the problem. So he, it was a former employee. The app had largely or had partially been created before the fact, and it was Salesforce uh, employees that were judging it last year, if I remember right. Mm. Um, so there are relationships between the uh, the you know some of the teams and them. So, anyways, it was like a big mess. And this year they got it. Uh, they got it much better. They spread out the prize money. I think there were problems with the judging process this year, but in general, it was it was pretty well done. Judging is difficult. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they did. You know, they did a science fair style, what they call a science fair style, which is like a big, huge room. And uh, and then every team is like at a table. But I mean, there isn't that much space given the number of people that were there. So imagine an enormous room that's loud like a bar mm. and uh, judges that walk around and for like somewhere between two minutes and 40 seconds and three minutes, like hear this pitch about a mobile app. It was not. It was not the right way to do it, at least in my opinion. Right. So it was live. It was an actual, like, an actual event that you had to go to. It was live. Yeah, which was a, uh, uh, which was a big curveball. I mean, it uh, not an advantage in my opinion. So, like, I, I don't want to be too hard on Salesforce because I think they did a pretty nice job with the event. So, like, a lot of things uh, they did a, a solid job on, and uh, I think they should be commended for. However, the the uh, in person deal. Oh man. It's really tough. rough. You know what, though? I mean, how do you give a million dollars to somebody that, like, you've, you know what I mean? You know, it reminded me of, um, so I, I used to work in sort of the corporate world, like Fortune 500, and we sponsored a NASCAR 
um, car and a NASCAR truck at different points in time. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of that in that a lot of the reason that, that we had those sponsorships was for the video of the things that happened at the event more so than the event itself. So it's like the corporate version of Pixar. It didn't happen. And now this was the same deal. I think the reason that they had it in person was so that they could have video of things that happened. Cause like, otherwise you don't have the, you know, Pixar didn't happen evidence of, of this amazing collaborative hack, you know, wowie right. hackathon. Um, but the downside is pretty big for participants. One, you got to get there Two, It's kind of nasty. You know, you're stuck in a giant room with, with, uh, you know, I mean, some number, like, let's say there are 800 people in the room, 700 of them were, were, or 100 of them were like guys, you don't guys and girls, you don't mind being around, but the other 700, <laughs> so I don't well, know. It, it could it, be big, like the actual video of it. You know, like like right now, you know, I mean, what's getting either it's very big now or it's getting big. I'm not sure because I'm not involved in it. You know what I mean? But the video game, like on ESPN, and the like, video game competitions. Oh, that's real big. And like, but like on TV, people are watching them. Yeah, like e e esports they call is, it. Is you watch up? What's they up? call it. They call it esports. That's like right, the name. exactly, right, exactly, exactly. And 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 I'll tell you what. I mean, like you're just watching someone play a video game, but it's big. So I wonder. I mean, and it's sort of like a reality TV in a way because uh, you're seeing their emotions like right there. Um, it's almost like World Series of Poker or something like that because you're you know what I mean. You're seeing the emotions. So I could see that as being you know. It, it's almost like reality TV if you're watching somebody like fight yeah. for dollars. Yeah, right. I think that's right. I think that, I mean, uh, Salesforce knows a lot about a lot of things, but they certainly know a lot about marketing. Yeah, and, right. and I think that they like, they, they get that, that if they can, uh, you know, jam a bunch of people into a room and then video a lot of it, that they'll be and they're looking to create a three minute video in the end that captures like their, or captures the essence of what they want the event to look like, that they're going to find enough video to do it. So, so I get why they do it, it but it creates a very different experience. I'd never done it before. Mm. And, uh, I don't know. It, 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 the, the, the minuses were not insignificant. Uh, so, you know, oh, well, I, I wonder for what it's worth about the rumble. It would be interesting if, for teams to like submit little video diaries to the rumble somehow, whether it was like on YouTube or how, you know, I don't know. Text. Well, you know what? It's funny. You should say that because I remember last year, I, I wish I, I wish I remember the team name, but they set up a video camera and it was like, it was in the room and it just filled them the entire time, no matter what they were doing. Right. And, um, now obviously that's not exactly what I would call like red zone type. <laughs> You know what I mean? that's, not, that's more like uh you know what i mean i mean that's just it's brutal it's 48 hours of just staring at people writing code which makes no sense but um that's the they, that's the uh, all 22 angle of the, right yeah that's so <laughs> if they somehow reduce that down into like yeah like a 10 minute like red zone thing that would be i mean i, I would obviously i mean i would think that would be cool i mean there's no doubt about it so and and, and i hope people do that this year and if anybody does, I mean, I, I would, I mean, I think we tweeted about it too. Like, I would have to search back in the tweets, but I'm pretty sure we tweeted about it. Like watch this team. And then, and then, oh, wait a second. No, no. And now I, I remember now it was a team in, or it was a company in Brazil mm. and they had a whole bunch of teams that came to their place. And I can't remember the name of the company. Oh, I remember but, that. Yeah. Right. So they had a whole bunch of different feeds and it was like flipping. It was like 10 different feeds and it would just like, you know, every like five seconds it would switch. It was like a security monitor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, um, 
um, uh, it was kind of funny. You'd always like, I'd always check in and see like, who's asleep. You know what I mean? That's like, <laughs> who's asleep now? That's really what I was doing. The sleeping situation at this, this event last weekend was super interesting. And by interesting, I mean weird. Uh, so a lot of people that attended slept at the facility because it was, um, it's the same week as this big Salesforce event. So getting in a hotel room was a problem. I mean, it mm. was, I'd say if you're going to be around the event and get a hotel room, it's going to cost you 500 bucks or something crazy right. a, a night. So if you're only going to sleep, let's say like I slept, I think seven hours in total, you know, that's pretty expensive to, to spend a grand to, to stay at a hotel for a few hours. So the majority, and, and I mean like 90, as far as I could tell 90 plus percent, um, of the people stayed there the whole time. So when they got tired, they would just like grab a beanbag chair or whatever the hell was lying around. And, um, many brought sleeping bags or a blanket and just would crash. Right. So, so it was a melee. It was, you know, <laughs> that's bootstrap. I mean, I guess that's what they, if you got, I mean, if you got the, if you got the money, I guess you get the hotel, but if not, Hey, jump on a sleeping bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, I think that you guys deserve uh, a bit of a gold star. Like if you compare the stats. So even though they were giving away a million dollars in cash, right. like n- not like in credit for something like this is cash giving away a million bucks plus, um, lots of other stuff too. Uh, they have half under half the teams that you'll have. Really? Huh. Yep. Yeah. And how long do the people get to actually make this thing? Or is it just a pitch type thing? Well, oh no, it's a weekend. No, it's like, uh, started Friday at 6 PM and it ended Sunday at 12 PM. Mm, okay. So, so similar to the rumble, just a few hours shorter. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So anyways, with your, I assume you're not giving away a million dollars. That's, that's no, still true. No. I don't even think we're giving away a million pennies. <laughs> Let me think about this for a second. What well, is a million pennies? Is that $10,000? I was going to say a million pennies is still 10,000 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not there we're not there yet. I think I think we're I think we're in total at something like five or six thousand. It's like five hundred dollars per team member for first place, two fifty per team member for second, then like a hundred, then like fifty, fifty. I think something the top five get 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 a couple of bucks. Right. Well, you were leveraging your prize money better. <laughs> I'll, right. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, least, yeah. All right. So you're already. Uh, everything's ready to go. Looking to be a great rumble this year. That's oh exciting. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm glad we crossed 500, and um, so yeah, that's three years in a row. That's that's I think that's pretty big. Well, I'm excited on. So my plan is on Sunday night. Well, what time does it, what time does it end? Right. So it ends 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it goes. It's oh, like zero UTC to zero UTC. Okay. So that's perfect. So I am. I've already then made my plan for Sunday night because I'm. You know, given that I've been involved like this, I'm not going to compete, but I'm going to um, crack open my laptop at eight o'clock on Sunday and take a read through everything. That'll be fun. Right. 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 Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk uh, about about swell. Um, right. Out of nowhere on my in my Twitter stream, I don't know, maybe like 10 days ago or so, maybe less than that, I saw you announce this new product that you've got called Swell. And uh, I took a quick look, but decided it'd be better to hear the pitch from you about what you're building. So give it to me. Right. Okay. So, I mean, the quick pitch is basically... Um, and it doesn't just have to be the quick pitch, by the way. We've got... Yeah, I can, well, I'll do quick and then I'll go like maybe from where it started from. Okay. Because uh, that's kind of a long story. But the quick thing is is that you just want to get alerted when a certain amount of people are on your site. Um, so, for instance, if you normally have five people on your site at any given time and 
20 people are on your site now, most likely something happened. Maybe an article was posted about you on, you know, TechCrunch Verge or a blog posted about you, somebody tweeted about you, but the stats for the people on site spike. And once it crosses that, instantly we will send you an email, a text, or a phone call. It depends on what you want. And you can set up different levels, too. Um, like you could have like 10 crosses 10, crosses 20, crosses 50, um, there's cooldown periods. Um, and it's it, it, and it's really about two different things. Um, one is it could be like a managing a service type thing where that's where it started for us, where it's we wanted to know when there was a ton of people going to our site because it's since uh, this is limited run specifically, um, which is uh, like an online store platform for music. But mm-hmm. anybody can sign up for it. And anybody can just launch a product, and then out of nowhere, you could just get an, an insane rush of traffic. And it was impossible to manage that. So we said, ah, oh, you know, we just need to get alerted when tons of people on the site, and then instantly. And then that's one way to use the service. But the other way to use it is, is that if you just have a blog, and you post blog posts, and then, you know, maybe somebody big on Twitter, you know, tweets about it, tweets a link to it, um, you'll know instantly when that happens. So those are the two areas that, 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 that it can be used for. I love the name, by the way. The name's good, right? And you know what? It's funny about the name. Really, like, like I think it's an A plus name. Right. I well, I'll tell you. I'm going to tell my girlfriend that because she came up with it. See, I was originally supposed to be wave, like a wave of traffic, and we couldn't figure out exactly how to, you know, to make it happen. And then it was just like, okay, wave, right? And then, and then it just became swell because then that's like. Uh, this the, the swell of the wave of traffic, but it's also like grow bigger, you know, and then burst, and then there's a bunch of different ways. And swell, like good, neat. So yeah, swell is swell is a great name. There's no doubt about it. No, I think wave is is good. I just think swell is really good. Yeah, well, and you know what? I think wave has been used. It's, 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 too t- it's tired. <laughs> yeah, it's very. You're right. It's very, it's played out. Wave yeah, yeah. is played out. <laughs> yeah, swell. I, when I like the double meaning, like that, it means good as well as as uh, ballooning. You know, right. And it's a triple meaning though, because it's swell as in uh, a waves as well. You know, going back to that. Right. Right. So it's almost like a two and a half meeting. Uh, not oh really. no, I, I'm going to give you credit for all three. I think it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's a full on threefer. So yeah, so that's we're, we're I think we're okay at coming up with names. That's like one of the things that you know we sometimes we have trouble with it, and, and we've created a lot of names. So um, usually, you know, it's it's funny, you know, names are like um, you have to really dig into like you know what the service is really kind of about, and then come up with a funny word about what it's about. Right. So I mean, that's where I don't know. That's that's kind of how we approach it, and then we just popped onto that name. So, do you uh, do you listen to Alex Bloomberg's startup podcast? Alex Bloomberg, that, that's um, the guy from Planet Park. Money. Yeah, oh, let me tell you something. Planet Money is unbelievable. We could talk for the next half an hour about how unbelievable Planet Money is. Well, well, so do you? Well, okay, I'm going to make your day if you didn't, don't know this one yet. Then, so have you listened to his new podcast called Startup? Oh. Okay, I haven't listened to it, but I did listen to the episode about how he was trying to find a, like a, like a partner. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was great! And at first, the first ten it was a half an hour episode, which is long for Planet Money. But the first ten minutes, I was like, mm, I'm not too sure about this episode. And then like 15 minutes hit, and I was like, this is unbelievable because you can like hear what these people are thinking. And, Absolutely, um, oh, super man, good. Great. Yeah, so yeah. so they've done five episodes, and they're excellent. I, I, a plus. Anyways, the most recent one is about them naming the company. 
And given what you just said, you've got to listen because it ends up it's, I, I won't spoil the punchline for anyone that hasn't listened to it, but it's, uh, <laughs> you'll be able to relate. I think you can probably relate to lots of the show, but, but definitely the, the naming process. Um, yeah. I am going to watch the, I, I'm going to listen to this, no doubt about it, but I, I'm, I'll tell you anything that, I mean, those planet money things, they're the perfect, you know what they are? They're like, um, they're like uh, TED Talks almost, like because they're that the length. Yeah. You know I mean? But they're and they're but they're about a specific subject, obviously. But the length is perfect. Yeah, they're quite good. Well, I'll give you my not to not to make this like a podcast review show, but my oh. absolute favorite podcast right now is called Serial. Have you listened oh, to that? Oh my god, yeah, of course. Oh, you know, this is all they're all connected. These and that, that yeah. and you're right. I, I learned from about Serial through that. Serial is great. I haven't listened to the fourth episode, but yeah. Yeah, new one. I just listened to a new one with my wife uh, in the car earlier today, and oh, is it good? Really, yes. super good. Okay, it's really so. Back to swell. So uh, another thing I like about swell is that the the like the purpose of it is so straightforward. Yes. Like, like if you were to interview a hundred people that heard your pitch, that you just say, I bet like ninety five of them would get it right. Like would say would be able to repeat back to you what the purpose of swell is. Yes, I agree with that completely, and it also is very broad to like anybody can use it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and so, tell me a bit about how it works. So, I, I assume you just stick a little JavaScript in your page that has the token back to your thing, and then it, it tracks how many um, users, and then kick something off when it when it re- reaches the threshold. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it the basis of it, yeah, is in like an analytics type thing. But it's sort of different, um, uh, and I don't want to get too into like you know maybe like you know like all the little like secret sauce thing we got going on. But it the basis is in analytics. But but, oh, but for the stuff. user, you just have to stick a little bit exactly, of exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just right, right. It's exactly. It's like the it, it, it's like that. Yes, um, you just have to put the code in like you would for an analytics service. Um, but obviously, we're going to come up since it's for you know like people that are not technical as well as technical people, we kind of have to figure out some other ways. Like we have to make like a WordPress plugin. Um, Mm -hmm. We have to do, you know, we have to like sort of integrate with themes maybe that, you know, certain sites use maybe like Tumblr or something like that. You know how um, if you've, if you've used Tumblr where sometimes they'll just drop the, you know, your ID number into like uh, into like the preferences or something like that, and it just automatically integrates. You don't actually have to touch the HTML. So we have to do things like that where it's easy. But yeah, you can just put you put the JavaScript in, um, and um, that's how it works. Yeah. Now we haven't mentioned the URL yet. What is it? Right, heyswell.com because we couldn't get swell. Maybe at some point we can, but yeah, heyswell is good. Yeah, I mean the good thing about Google is that you know if you just type in like swell app, I'm sure it'll find it. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I mean, it's linked obviously um, in a bunch of places now, so so SEO should be should be getting up there. Um, cool. So so that's the intro. So so tell me how you came to the idea and and who'd you build it with and why. Right. Okay. So it's actually like a really old idea. Um, the um, back when I was telling you about Limited Run, which is the online store platform, back when we were, you know, starting out and some big people were signing up and we really, you know, didn't know who they were. You know, sometimes when a big person signed up, when we kind of knew our little community, we'd say, oh, all right, this person's big, we understand it. But then some people would sign up, we wouldn't really know who they were. And we didn't, we didn't really think they were anything. And then next thing you know, they launch a store and the traffic's out of control 
and we're like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, this happened like three days ago, you know what I mean? Or this happened yesterday, and, you know, we didn't really know about it, um, you know, when it happened. So we're like, right, we got to figure out a way to to find out for many reasons. One is we want to make sure that, you know, what we're doing to scale, you know, uh, the service is working correctly. Like, for instance, with, you know, just, you know, you know looking at CloudWatch or New Relic or basically while something is happening. Um, but also just because we want to do research. So we said, all right, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to figure out a way to, to know how many people are on site and know when it crosses a th- certain threshold. And then when it does that, we're going to have it call us and... And then, you know, and then, and, and, but there's funny stories that happen to it, to it, this is, is that, so once we started doing that, um, um, you know, we would have services that would call us like, you know, if for some reason, like, you know, uh, you know, the service was down for some reason, you know, like, mm-hmm. Amazon or something like that, or, or just another, before we were using, you know, Amazon for, you know, certain parts of our service, we use another, you know, service that maybe they weren't that good. Um, so you know, you know, we'd get calls in the middle of the night, you know, it's down, and then next you have to jump out of bed. But then, so then once we started with this service, was is that we were only getting calls when the service, something was happened, you know what I mean? But then when we added this to the mix, we had a hard time realizing that we still had, we, that we had this thing, so we'd get a phone call, we'd think, you know what I mean, you know, something bad was happening. Right. And, you know, you'd, like, get the phone call, you'd fall out of bed, and you'd pick up the phone, and you're like, oh my god, what's going on? And it's like, ah, oh, there's, you know, hundred people on the site you know what i mean congratulations and you're like ah oh, damn i'm going back to sleep well i, st- I love the idea though of a uh, of a uh, like good news alert because yeah. you're right like you know any of us that run applications are used to the alerts always being bad oh yeah and you know i like the idea it's sort of like if you get a call from the doctor you know you're like oh this is or a call from your kid super late at night if you're a parent you're like, right. oh, this is going to be terrible. You know, what What did they do? Right. Uh, so I, I, I like the uncertainty of, you know, hey, maybe my app is, is calling me to tell me great news. <laughs> right. Sounds- and if, if it was like a doctor service, though, like we'd get the call and they'd be like, can you come in? We got to tell you about something. And it would, <laughs> we wouldn't know if it was good. Like, oh, I got to come in there. That's what it would be like. We should do that. We should make that. Like, if you want, we could call you and say there's some news, but we're not telling you if it's good or bad or yet. <laughs> you got to actually go to the web to find out. Exactly, you got to log in and stuff. The um, so yeah, that would be ridiculous. The um, but um, so yeah, so that. And then we kind of just kept using it and tweaking it, and um, and then I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like six months ago or something like that. You know, I was talking with Tom. Um, that's my brother. Um, who's also co-owner of, of the Rails Rumble, and I was like, you know, you know, this thing that we're using to manage limited run, you know, you know, it's not. It, it became what happened was it, it became less about you know how's the servers doing because now we're totally scaled and we handle just immense amounts of traffic. Now it became about you know let's research you know our customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of changed into another thing. And then when I realized that, I was like, wow, you know, we have no problem with traffic anymore. Traffic is just, you know what I mean, is not is, n- is not even an issue. But I mean, we're still using this thing. You know what I mean? We're still mm-hmm. using it for something else. And I was like, why don't we just figure out how to, like, give this to other people? You know what I mean? And so we, we basically just slapped a UI on it. And, um, you know, we were testing it. And then we said, you know, you know re- releasing it during the Rumble would be a great idea. Um, and, um, you know, so that's, you know, 
that's what we did. That's that's what happened. So who wrote the uh, the copy for the website? Um, that's pretty much me. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to give you a big compliment then. So uh, on the, the front page of Hastewell.com, it says, we'll tell you instantly in green, uh, instantly when something exciting happens. I think it's perfect. I think the instantly plus the exciting is exactly... Like, I, I feel like I, I want to get, I want to develop the skill of writing copy that punches like that. And I think it nailed, I think it, it gets it just right. All right. I appreciate that. Yeah. If you, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously there's a little subliminal thing going on in the website where we're trying to make anything that's like instantly, immediately, you know, all those ones that are like now are, are green because that's kind of what we're pushing. But yeah, we also wanted it to be like, like. You know, this is, I mean, this is inside baseball pretty much, but like, there's the word analytics is nowhere on there. You know what I mean? <laughs> sort of the, the whole podcast is inside baseball. So. Exactly, exactly. You <laughs> That's know what I mean? Fine. I don't mind saying that like on here, obviously, but you know, because I mean, you're, you know what I mean? The listeners are going to realize that. The, um, they're going to be like, why am I using this when I could use Google Analytics and stuff? And in fact, I used to have, I had a frequently asked question about that specifically, like, you know, why would I use this when I can use Google Analytics? And, you know, I think the some, you know, it's I think it's pretty obvious why you would just because you can't Google Analytics doesn't tell you when, you know, you know, you know, crazy things are happening. You have to literally be staring at Google Analytics nonstop all day long, refreshing. So um, so that this is a definitely it's not even a lot of analytics. Um, it's really just about, you know, when something exciting happens, you want to know about it. So, and it, you know, it was another thing I wrote, um, like a little post on my blog about it. And the example I was using was, um, like in like real world example, like if you had a restaurant and, um, a review, you know, like a, a restaurant reviewer came in, ate like a great meal and wrote about you in the New York times, let's say on a Friday, but you didn't know about it. Right. And you come in, you know, you know, in the afternoon to prepare for, you know, the Friday night. You get you got your fresh fruit in there, and you got your your vegetables and everything. And next thing you know, four times the amount of people show up because of this crazy review. Right. And you run out. You're like, this is amazing, but you know what? You just ran out of food because you didn't prepare. Um, so, you know, if you did know, you could have prepared and you could have like nurtured that traffic. Well, I think that everyone's gripe about both Google Analytics and, like, say, New Relic things that maybe people would think of when they think of this app right. is that they are so featureful and so sort of overwhelming that, like, the one thing you wish it did, you ha- you don't know how the hell to get it to do it. Oh, you're totally right. And yeah. so I like the idea that, that Swell, I mean, you know, compared to either one of those, does, like, one one-hundredth of what they do. But... It, it's for the people that want it, that 100th is like a thing they want. And at least there's no like questions about how the hell do I find a new relic, the one toggle in 500 toggles that actually gets me this alerting feature. Right. I thought new relic is, I, I, you know, just to talk about new relic, they're unbelievable. I mean, that service is like the real deal. I mean, but you know, it's different, you know what I mean? It's obviously, you know, you know, how is my, you know, application performing type, you know, um, it's one of the, it's a tool, I think in your tool bag. I, I agree it, that it's pretty yeah. good. It's, I think that the thing about new relic is that it, it's like Microsoft word and that, and that, uh, any one person only uses probably 10% of it, but yeah. I think that which 10% isn't shared across everyone. So, that, yeah. so therefore, and maybe that's being too kind, like maybe actually their app is just too complicated, um, for what most people need. But my, my suspicion is that 
you know, their customers vary quite a bit in what they actually want. So every one of them probably feels frustrated. Like, why is this thing such a, you know, bloated behemoth of an app? Well, the reality is, is that we're all using a different slice of it. So that, so that like Microsoft Word, you know, it, it kind of needs to have all these features to cover all the cases, but, right. but the features themselves are quite good. Oh, they helped us out a bunch. I mean, we, we've used it. Um, and you're right about like Microsoft Word. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, you know, TextMate, and then there's Microsoft Word. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and crazily, I mean, that's what I use is TextMate. I I think I still, I, yeah, I still use TextMate 1.0. The um, and it just, you know, it just works. And obviously, you know what I mean. Some people need to use Microsoft Word for other things or Pages, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, it uh, it's it's a tool. I definitely think it's a tool, and it's not like Google Analytics, where Google Analytics is just so massive right. and complicated. And there's like the the percentage of people that can you know navigate you know Google Analytics like the entire thing you couldn't even I mean I don't know anybody you know well especially since a lot of it is a lot of the features are built around like pay per click advertising conversion concepts that if if like in a perfect world now I understand why. Google both wouldn't and probably shouldn't do what I'm going to say. But in like a perfect world, there'd be a, a box to check that says like, remove from Google Analytics everything related to pay-per-click advertising. <laughs> right. Because I don't use it. And therefore, like every time there's a pay-per-click advertising concept, it, I have to like remember that, oh, right, that's like, that's why, because they actually are a pay-per-click advertising company. Um, but for me on an app that, that where I'm just caring about um, uh uh, load and where the traffic comes from, kind of usability of the site, those things are, don't matter to me. And it ends up being more confusing than it's worth. But I mean, Hey, that's, they give it away for free and that's their business. So I guess I'm not going to begrudge them. That. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, um, it's like QuickBooks and their online payroll service. Like <laughs> they're, um, like payroll. I mean, you just, if you go, cause that's, you know what I mean? One of the things that we use for payroll, the, mm-hmm. um, and, you go into payroll and it's just QuickBooks and, and nonstop, like, you know, connect with QuickBooks and do And it's like, I don't, I don't even want to use QuickBooks. Just get away from me with the QuickBooks. All I want to do is use the payroll. And it literally, it's, it's almost impossible to do. So yeah, that, that, you know, and I guess it's like eBay, PayPal, um, you know, right, yeah. right, right, right. So it's understandable, I guess that they're doing it. The, um, but yeah, so that's cool. one of the reasons, I mean, that that's one of the reasons we don't even talk about analysts because it's just, Forget about Google Analytics. It's not even really, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't even be thinking about it. Yeah, you got to play to strengths, I think. Yeah. All right. So since we're talking about companies, I should uh, read our sponsor for today, if you don't mind. That's a good idea. Okay. So today's episode is is, uh, sponsored by Codeship, frequent sponsor of the show. And I've got a good Rails Rumble tie-in for Codeship. But, but let me get the, the ad copy out of the way first. So CoShip's a free continuous delivery service that's really simple to use. They offer 100 builds per month for five private projects for free. The whole product has a big focus on usability and is super easy to use. You can set up continuous integration in a few easy steps and your software will automatically deploy when all your tests have passed. CodeChip has great support for multiple languages and test frameworks. You can easily integrate with GitHub and Bitbucket for code hosting and then deploy to cloud services or your own servers. Start out with CodeChip's free plan. Setup only takes about three minutes. You can find out more at codechip.io slash 5x5ruby and use the offer code 5x5ruby to get 20% off any plan for three months. You can also check out their blog at blog.codeship.io to get updates Thanks again to Codeship uh, for sponsoring the Ruby on Rails podcast. 
Okay, so you know how when you when you listen to uh, people that have competed in the Rails Rumble before that they'll stress like repeatedly that you need to get your process down early for how to deploy to a production app that's working. Mm, yeah, yep. like and, and like th- like not doing that early is is just begging for pain. Yes, yeah. The, I think even Tom once said, I mean, it's like the first thing you should be doing is like deploying. You know what it, I mean? Exactly. And now, I mean, with Roku and people's familiarity with Roku, this will be a bit easier, I think, now. But but nonetheless, it's still getting out to a, a production app that works is like, should I think what you just said is right. It should be priority number one. Because otherwise, it's the end of the competition and you're tired and cranky and then like screw it up and then feel like you blew a weekend and are, you know, rage tweeting for the rest of the day. You suck in hour 45. I am telling you right now. Oh, yeah. You're going to be awful at the end. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I totally Shout agree. Up your former programming self. Yeah. So, uh, oh, so, so here's how I used CodeShip this past weekend for this purpose. Now, are they a sponsor of the Rails Rumble? No. Okay. Well, but they, they, we did talk to them actually recently. Um, so maybe next year. Who knows? Hopefully. Yeah. And and I mean, this would apply to other continuous uh, integration services too. But since they're sponsoring the podcast, I'm going to talk about CodeShip. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here's how I use them at the at the Salesforce Hackathon. I um, uh, right away connected a uh, CodeShip account to the uh, the repo for for the project that I was working on, and then connected it to Heroku, so that uh, and you know because it was a hackathon, I didn't like TDD everything, but I tested a lot of the code, especially the stuff that was tricky, because I wanted to make sure I would catch like a breaking build that I introduced, so that I didn't like five minutes before the end of the thing commit and push code that busted the app, and then I get crazy. So anyways, so I hooked CodeShip up so that it would like run the test suite, which is mostly a smoke test, and then kick out to Heroku automatically when those passed. And I did that inside the first hour of the event. And then from then on, I never even directly pushed to Heroku. I just uh, would commit my code, push it to my GitHub repository. I would get an email if there was a break, which happened a couple times actually that... that uh, um, that was helpful. And then it would handle the rest of the process, get it out to, uh, Heroku run the migrations so that, you know, I didn't have some stupid issue where I hadn't run the right migrations and the app was broken. Uh, absolute like tonic for one's mental state during a hackathon. Right. So I would, uh, I'd recommend it. I think it's a, it's a good, uh, a good pair to the idea of trying to deploy things early and often. Right, no, I agree. I agree with you. It's um, you want to do it right away, and and yeah, if, if you have something, you know, like code chip, you know what I mean. You know, keeping that uh, connection, and yeah, yeah. So I've been thinking a lot lately about goals. Like, what does success look like on anything? Um, so so if you don't mind, and and if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine too. But I'm interested in your goals for Swell, and it, which is this ends up being a bit meta since Swell itself is about goals, right? Like exceeding some threshold, but you know, what is, is the hope that this would be sort of part of the startups toolkit or is your hope that anyone would use it? Like, tell me what your mindset is going into the launch process as well. I think that, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, you know, I would assume if you're, if you start something that you want it to be loved by everybody, I guess. So, I mean, sure. I mean, you know, you know, you know the the incredible goal would be like everybody with a blog uses well, but um, um, but yeah, I mean I think that as long as um, anybody who tries it likes it, I think that that's probably a good goal because once 
once once that happens, if a hundred people try it and ninety five people say this is cool, we know we have something, and all we just need to do is just increase awareness. So um, I would say that's goal number one is basically you know the people that are going to use it maybe you know during the rumble or uh, people that have requested beta access if they say. Um, uh, they have their alerts set up, and it helped them, you know, find that um, you know somebody big tweet about them, or that um, um, you know that a you know somebody posted something on a on a news site about them. Then I would say, you know, then it's a success. And then all it needs to do is just become more of a success. So when you think about things that make you anxious about starting and launching a service, do you get? Do you get more anxious about the customer satisfaction, so to speak, like the people that use it like it issues, or do you get more anxious about um, uh, increasing awareness so that there are people that will have the opportunity to like it or dislike it, like uh, or something else? Like, wh- where does your sort of mental focus lie? It, honestly, I I think about it this way. I think about it: are the people that try do the people that try it will they get it? Because I don't like I don't I don't really try and launch something that I think I don't know if it's a good idea or not. Mm-hmm. Like I think that I know that this is a great idea. You know what I mean? Because we've used it for years and we never stopped. Like there's things that that you know when you use something for years, it's probably a, you know a good service and a good idea. So the question is is that can we? Um, you know, can we explain that simply uh, and make sure that the potential user sees that as well? You know what I mean? Like for you know something stupid like um, um, I use this app called like Captio, um, and it's the only app that I think I've used since the first iPhone I bought, which was either the first iPhone or the second one. And all it does is you type some stuff in there, and you click send, and it sends to an email address. And I have it hooked up to an email address that I just, you know, send ideas to. And I have literally used that app for m- way more than any app that I've ever used. And it's a very simple idea, but it does exactly what it intends to. They have not added crazy features and stuff like that um, over the years to just screw everything up. And I get it. And it's a good idea. And, you know. I can depend on it. So this is is something like that. I know this is a simple but great idea, um, and um, I, you know that you know, as long as people get it, then I think that um, it will be good. People will talk about it. I'm glad that you gave this as an example. It's interesting to see how how directly it looks like you were either inspired by this app or you just sort of share some some core design ideas with with it, but like it's, it's sentence to describe Captio is send yourself a quick note with just one tap, like sim- like same number of words, give or take as your uh, swell description and like equally straightforward. Yeah. The, I'll tell you what, it's funny that that app is really, <laughs> this is going to turn into like a, do, do, do you make Captio uh, just to, <laughs> that'd be no, funny if it was actually your app. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't even know who makes it to be honest with you. And I think I looked it up one time, but, and they make one other thing, but they never screwed this thing up. You know, imagine having something that's been around for four years and you never screwed it up. It's something very simple. If something is very big and complicated, um, you can add things to it and not screw it up because they're kind of just lost. But if you have one single thing and you add another single thing to it, you can screw it up completely. 
Um, but they didn't do that. And I use it all the time. I, you know, the funny story is, is that like, like you said about the copy, like who does, who did the copy and I do the copy and that's like most of my job is like figuring out like copy and, you know, um, you know, how to better, you know, uh, you know, explain things. Um, I mean, one of the things I always say is, is that no matter how dumb you make the co- your copy, it's most likely not dumb enough. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know, definitely it, true. And it that that goes along with writing, where you know you write and you wrote the thing. You say, "Oh, this is great," and then you know your English teacher says, "Okay, go back and remove ten percent of the words." And you're like, "Are you kidding with me?" But that's what it's like. Um, <laughs> you know, how do I remove ten percent of the words? Well, you need to remove ten percent of the words because it's not dumb enough. Um, it's too verbose, and that's basically what copy is but so with, with the cap the other thing is is that i'm always having ideas and stuff and i've talked about this before actually recently with um with tom and and um our you know somebody that's working on this too which is another uh nick um uh nick plant who's who was part of the rumble who's still you know semi-involved he's working on this too but um the Captio thing is is that I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm not sure about anybody who does this, but I wake up in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'll be half asleep, and I will send myself notes through this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they go to an email address. So what will happen is, is that I will get up in the morning then, and I'll go to my desk, and I'll happen to see like three emails or something. And I don't remember sending them to myself. I don't know if you, you've had this problem at all, but <laughs> since I'm half asleep when I send them, it's like I'm getting an email from like my subconscious mind or something. And I will, I have to decipher what the message is. Um, you know, it's just, you know, like, you know, anything, it could just be, you know, move the preview button to the bottom. And that's what I see. And I go, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? And, and, um, but yeah, so the, um, and it, you know, and then I have to think back of what I was thinking of and then I have to decipher it. But the, the Capio app is a simple app and it works for me. Um, but I, I think we wanted to come up with something that was simple that could work for everyone. Like obviously Captio will not work for anybody probably but me. <laughs> and that's why nobody's probably heard of it. But um <laughs> well that's good. Hey, if they'd heard of it it'd be boring. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, they probably end up the creators would be like, "Wow, a lot of people are using this. We better add more features and then they completely screw it up." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I had an idea uh, listening to you talk about this, which is so I've got a, an 8-year-old um son, my youngest kid is 8. <laughs> and so he can read like reasonably well now. But, uh, you know, so you could read a book, but if the sentence is complex or the words are complex, he'd, he'd have trouble reading at like the, you know, a pace that he'd like, like he could get through it, but he wouldn't enjoy it. So he's like the perfect age to read marketing copy because like I could imagine him reading the swell website. Like, I mean, well, we'll tell you instantly. So he may like stumble on instantly. Right. For a second, but I, I wonder if that's a thing. Like, you know, read this to yourself in your. Well, if you have an eight-year-old, just like trick them into reading it for you out right. loud. But uh, I, think I think back to I, your point I about work two levels, right? I mean, obviously, an eight-year-old is probably not going to understand what it's about. But let's just say, use this for an example. Let's say, can they read it very easily? And then just if they if they stumble on a lot of things. You would say, hmm, you know what I mean? They're stumbling. You know what I mean? If yeah. It's not reading simply. Forget about the meaning behind it. You know what I mean? Because to be honest with you, I mean, what does an eight-year-old read that they 
really get. You know what I mean? They're yeah, just I, reading I, words, and then you know the processing of the words is something that comes later on in life. Although, um, I mean, he would understand. Send yourself a quick note with just one tap. Like so. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, depending on the the purpose of the app. Um, I wonder. I mean, eight year olds are. I mean, he can play Minecraft much better than I could, and he could. <laughs> Like he could do things in Minecraft that that are extremely complicated concepts from like, you know, build a computer with the red blocks to to understand currency in some of these servers. They have these like alternate currencies right, and, right. And, and this whole economy. And then he'll explain to me how it works. I'm like, you just explained to me like a econ 101 concept totally <laughs> lucidly. But if I asked you about it in like adult words that weren't Minecraft, you'd have no idea what I was talking about. Right. And, and it just makes me... like, you can't eat. Ice cream for dinner, and then he goes, "Why?" Yeah, exactly. My, my, it's, my, it's ice cream. You can eat it for dinner. <laughs> it just makes me think that maybe for that that maybe there is a way to communicate a lot of concepts like the ones we're talking about, even simply enough that a kid could understand at that age. And if you could do it that simply, you probably should. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. I definitely think so. I mean, and I. I and I, I, you know, there. That's why that saying, you know, explain it to me like I'm a two year old. You know, that's why that's a saying. You know, so I mean, I guess that you know, it, it makes sense. Yeah. I totally think it makes sense. So, uh, where are you in the launch process for Swell now? Is it is well, it up and running for anyone or? Well, it's up and running for us, but the I mean, it's got to happen tomorrow. We're gonna have to send it out because. The tomorrow, uh, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Rails Rumble starts, and I think either we're going to let people start using it for the weekend, or we're not even going to bother them with it. We're going to like launch it maybe Sunday morning and say, "Hey, before you make your last commit, you know what I mean? Toss in this this code if you want, and you know, you know, swell alerts you when people are you know viewing your entry, something like that." The um, and um, so, but yeah, so and then the there's that end of it, and then there's the people that just requested access. So that we'll probably send those out. I would say in the next day or two. Cool. Yeah, I th- I, for like for what it's worth, I would do it at the beginning because the teams that I've participated on, like getting the basic infrastructure up, like your your application template, your layout, it's something you do early. At least I, I usually do early, and you know this this would be a nice item to check off the list early. I would think. Yeah. All right, so we just got to figure out a, uh, where to place that the the actual like because we do coupon codes like for anybody that um, um, that wants you to use them during the rumble, we'll put a little coupon code in their dashboard. Um, um, you know, so have all the teams see it. We just need to find a place. So yeah, I mean, we can do it. Sure. Um, I like your idea before about the sort of focusing on blogs. I, I've got a eighteen um, year old too, and she she doesn't blog, but like if she had, she has had tumblers over the years and I'm not sure if she has one now, but her and her friends would absolutely now nah, They wouldn't pay anything for this. So maybe this isn't what you want. <laughs> However, they would absolutely love the idea of getting like texted if their tumbler got popular. Oh man. Yeah, I know. I mean, it makes sense. that to be honest with you. I mean, I'll, the, the, the real, I mean, it's blocks. The, this whole thing is in blocks. I mean, yeah, we can add little tiny apps like features that you can install that would make it great a great tool for tech people you know what i mean like somebody managing a site or a service or something and it can work for that totally but the real thing the, the, the you know uh, you know the juice is in is in the blogs because all these people 
they don't know anything about analytics, one. And two, they care about being popular. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like a lot. That's why this whole clout thing took off. I mean, you know, and clout, I mean, it's, is, you know, I don't know who uses it or anything like that. I think it's garbage. <laughs> but the, the point is, is, is that it capitalizes on people's want to be popular. Um, and this kind of does that in a weird way. Like, it'll let you know if you are popular, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Oh, I think it, it very much capitalizes on that. I mean, I think that can you, how do you make it easy for people to integrate swell into their um, publishing life if they're not technical? That's an interesting question. It's tough. Well, I will say this is, is that right now we have it so that you have to set a number. Like you have to say, okay, if there's seven people, when there's seven people, alert me. And when there's 20 people, alert me this way. When there's 30 people, alert me this way. But the real thing that we need to do, which we're working on right now, which um, you know we hope to get it out soon, is basically what we're calling magic, which is essentially you do not have to set up these numbers. It's just going to work. And we're going to know when something is important. And we're going to know that you're usually like this, but now you're like this. And we got to tell you about it. And then, um, you know, something exciting's happened. And then there's other things, too, like new links. Like if you go into Google Analytics right now there or, or any of these services, the links in to your site, it's just those links could be old. You know what I mean? And um, it, people want to know about new things like what, you know. What was the one blog maybe that only really got me one click to my site, but I want to know about it. You know what I mean? So it's tough to find those when when there's like maybe 20 sites throughout the day just linking to you once Um, because that happens too. Like I have a small little blog and when I go into it, I always see like, you know, this link one, this link one, this link one. And there could be a list could be really long, but I want to know about the new one. So that's another thing where – that we're going to do. But the magic I think is key where you don't have to actually know how many people are on your site. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, Hey, if you had the wherewithal to do the stats and to hook up things easily, you you know, you, you may, may not need a service like swell, but everyone's got an ego and everyone wants to, (laughs) to hear about their popularity. exists because of, (laughs) because of ego. Right. So I I just checked you on clout, by the way, do you know what your clout score is? Oh, I have a clout score. I never even signed up. What's that all about? Oh, I, I guess they just, they just search. All right, what's my class score? It's uh, 43, which I think is high. Really? Yeah. Maybe I should start promoting that I have a cloud. Well, <laughs> do that. My cloud is, you know, 43. You know what I mean? I, like, I don't, like, I would guess that that's in the, I don't know, top. That sounds like failure to me, though. Like, if, when I think of a grade, I think of 0 to 100. Yeah. Like 0 to 10. Like, 43 sounds like I'm, like, you know, like 12... 23 points, something away from failing, you know, getting like a D. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just, I just looked it up. So the average cloud score is 40. So, okay. So you did a little bit better than average. This is like a C plus. You got a C plus cloud score. I don't have C plus. So basically I'm crap. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like if it was 10, that'd be, that'd be not so good. Right, 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 right. Users with a score of 63 are in the top 5% of users. So... Yeah, there you go. There you now, go. I wonder, it can't, how does it even like mess with Facebook? Because there's no real way to, to maybe you could connect your Facebook. I you guess. can connect your Facebook, yeah. I think is how it works. I just, it, you can connect Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever. Hmm. I, uh, what is mine? Mine is, uh, 51. Wow. See, you're, you're up there now, but uh, now do you have Facebook. 
No, that's just Twitter. So that's just Twitter? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so that, all I have is Twitter, too. I don't have LinkedIn, either. <laughs> but I'm with you. I think it's amazing that Cloud got popular because it, it... I don't even know if it is popular, but I think it's popular enough that we both knew what it was when you talked about it, so... Oh, yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> that, I think they sold, though, right? I don't know. They probably did. They probably sold for, like, freaking $250 million or something stupid like that. We shouldn't talk about it, then. <laughs> right. <laughs> get, a, get us all bummed out on a Thursday. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, well, congratulations on this new app. I think it's, uh, I think it actually captures the, the, I don't know, the feeling of the rumble in some ways and that, and, and I, I did not bring this up to say something that could sound insulting. So that's not what I mean, <laughs> but it sort of feels like an app that someone would try to pull off during the rumble. Right, right. And yeah. I'm not saying they would get it all perfect and not, you know, like anything in the Rumble, there's like getting the Rumble version done and then getting like a real version done and there's a big difference between the two. Sure, right. But, you know, it's kind of that idea. It's like not massive it's scope. One yeah. It's one thing. Yeah, yeah it's one thing. The um, and, I, and I agree with you. We have a couple of one thing. I mean, you know, one, one thing is like our like... Uh, like our bread and butter. It's funny. The um, We have like a little feature in, in the limited run platform uh, which is like download cards. Like I'm not sure if you know what that is, but basically it's a little card. If a band wants to give away like an album, um, they give you a little card, and on it has a little URL and a code. And you go to the URL, you type the code in, and you get to download the album. It's a way to give away like a physical copy of a digital album. Um, and we had that feature in the platform, and it was just you could just create cards. It was super simple, and people loved it. And um, we were getting people to sign up for limited run just to use that. But they weren't actually switching their store because the store was like so, you know, impossible to switch. And then once we realized that people really liked the, the feature, <laughs> we removed the feature and we put, built a service around it. Right. So it's just one little service and, but it sits out there and it, and it, and it does really well. And, um, you know, most people are like, you know, most people with services, they're like, like people love this feature. They say, wow, we got this feature. Use us. But we, we took the total opposite approach. We just said, ah, people love this thing. Let's get rid of it. Yeah, it's like the Unix philosophy. You know, it's the same <laughs> idea. That have a bunch of sharp tools that are small. Right. Well, cool. Uh, anything, I mean, we've. I suppose we've promoted Swell a lot. Anything else you want to plug? I don't think so. I don't really, uh, I think that's it. I mean, I pretty much, um, pretty much got everything. Any last words of wisdom for Rumble uh, participants? Yeah. Don't try and do too much. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you're you're giving an object lesson in this idea with Swell. That's it. I mean, do not try and do too much. You try and bite off more than you can chew, and what happens is is that, like, you start chewing it and chewing it and chewing it and chewing it, and you get around hour 47, and you're like, okay, it's time to swallow, and you swallow, and you choke to death. You know what I mean? And um, you don't want to do that. So I'm going to add one, if you don't mind, add yeah. a, a tip, which is focus on the first impression. Like, mm -hmm. like, I think it's, if you're going to participate, uh, do a little bit of work to understand how the judging will happen and like how people will first encounter your app and really make sure that that represents what you did as well as it could do. Cause otherwise you're going to be bummed out that you did like work that you like, if you like it and that people didn't get to see it in a way that represented it's like true greatness or whatever. Um, so I, I think like from past experience, you know, that that's a, that's a key to feeling good about the experience is that the, you know, the, the, the first run on your website, uh, the app that you build and the first run on your like rails rumble entry page be representative of what you built to the best of your ability. Yeah, I agree with that. 
All right. Well, uh, Nick, thanks for coming on. I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was good. Yeah. If someone wants to uh, connect with me on Twitter about uh, my cloud score or anything else, I'm uh, barely known. <laughs>